Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're ready. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talk and they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here gonna show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. all about that bs peeps what's up bsers what's up fred scott james drew in house tonight down another man again two weeks in a row ryan staying at home with the kitties <laughs> i would say this time it was the kiddos yeah he is on uh dad duty daddy duty yeah what's up bsers you guys uh get your therapy session in with your counselors <laughs> take an extra dosage of zoloft whatever Xanax. it is that you may need out there uh how you feeling it was uh my ass hurts Cause we uh, we took an ass whooping, Ravens get mauled by the Bengals at home. We got to figure out what the hell's going on with this defense, man. They stuck that claw where the sun don't shine. Yeah, they definitely did. It, it was it. not it was not pretty at all. And look, we got a bye week this week. Yeah, uh, we got to look at what this team needs to work on heading into the into the second half of the season. What can they do now? Do they make some moves in the future? So we're gonna get into that in a little bit. Uh, really curious to get everybody's thoughts because I think there's a few different ways you can go here. Yeah, it's definitely not one answer. Uh, there's nah. a lot of things that this team can improve on, uh, but. World's not ending. Team is still five and two, right? We're sitting there in second place in the AFC North under the Bengals. What? Wake me up. Is that real? Is this real life? Yeah, the Bengals exactly. now, not uh, Bengals. Man. Yeah. The Bengals. And in this week's rundown, we keep it Baltimore with some local story tie-ins and bringing back some rumors from the 90s. I see what you did there. Bringing back some rumors, man. Before we do too much, though, we do want to remind you, if you've ever been injured at work or in an auto accident and weren't sure who to call, 855-MD-CRASH. The Maryland Personal Injury Attorneys will have your back. If you find yourself in an unfortunate situation just like I have, give our team at MD-CRASH a call right away. We all know the cost of medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. It all adds up quickly and will definitely put you in a bad financial place, so don't do that. <laughs> Save this number now in your phone right now. 855-MD-CRASH. It's 855-632-7274. Be sure to follow them on Facebook for some future giveaways, including some tickets to some Ravens games. Ask you why you still didn't need that sheet of paper? I don't know. I like just glance down <laughs> and make sure I don't miss something. You made me something. get rid of mine. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna. I think it's. I think it's when you know. It's like a kid. You still suck on a ninny for a little while. You just gotta. You know. You just gotta have it for around for a little. Still while. sucking on it, are you? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> thirty nine years old, still sucking on the ninny. <laughs> oh man! All uh, right, man. Flock talk. Here's the deal, dude. Like, I, what went wrong? And I can sum it up with one word. Everything. <laughs> There's a lot of things that went wrong in this game. Uh, you got to give credit and tip your hat to the Bengals, man. They had a great game plan. They came in and they executed. They played their asses off. Joe Burrow, if you had questions and marks about him, he's the real deal. Jamar Chase and all the bullshit that we heard out out there about the drop passes Beast. in the preseason and all that stuff. That dude looks like the second coming of Randy Moss. I mean, that's talent level-wise, like... Go up and get the ball high-pointed against one of the best in the league. We just got rid of A.J. Green, 
and having to deal with that. Now we got to deal with this asshole for the next decade. Yeah, they refilled that. <laughs> but listen, it, it's not all doom and gloom. I know they, they lost 41 to 17 in this game and it didn't look good. It didn't feel good. But you got to remember the Ravens did lead this game 17 to 13 going into the third quarter, really before the wheels fell off. After um, being down, what, 10 nothing, right? Mm, were they down 10 to nothing? I don't remember. All I know is that at one point it was it was 17 to 13 going in the third or in the third quarter. But like you said, it, it was a multitude of injuries. Let's start on the offensive side. Uh the offensive line in this game played pretty poorly. Uh they were just getting manhandled in the trenches yeah, at the were. point of attack. Uh and then you got Patrick McCarry who goes down in this game. 10-3, by the way. 10-3, okay. My heart skipped the beat because, I'll be honest with you, Pat McCarry has played really, really good football stepping in at right tackle. Yeah, he, he has looked good. He looked like he was he was filling that hole that we were, you know, we, we were hoping that he could step into that role. He does well. He looks good. And I think my heart skipped a beat when he went down. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, he had to hobble off the field. It sounds like it's going to be a high ankle sprain, uh, reported by Ian, uh, Ian Rappaport yesterday. Yeah. That could be anywhere between the four to even eight-week range. Man, it really just depends on how severe it is. High ankle sprains are the worst of ankle sprains, and obviously this is a 300-pound lineman who relies on leverage, like we talked about with you know, Ronnie Stanley. Leg injuries, foot injuries for an offensive lineman are very difficult to play through. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that if he's not careful, it can become worse. He can do it again, and then you lose him for even even more if he pushes it too hard, too fast. The, the problem here is this offensive line is depleted. Yeah. Because when he went out and Tyree Phillips came in, I'm sorry. He yeah. can't. Tyree cannot be the resolution at right tackle. It just it can't happen. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. We're on our third right tackle at this point. Tyree Phillips still coming back from injury, right? So he's still getting his feet wet and getting his, you know, getting back up to game speed. I definitely like Tyree much better from a guard perspective than yes. I do as a right tackle. Yes. But unfortunately, uh, that's what we're with right now. I know yeah. the Ravens have been going out there. They've been adding some pieces. They're still looking at pieces, you know, going into the bye week, which we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but listen, it wasn't just the Macari injury. This offensive line group as a whole gave up five sacks in this game. Drew, what were you seeing with this offensive line? What do you think the solution is here? Um, so one thing is, I mean, I'm not – to not take take it away from them, but, I mean, at some point, like, Lamar, he can run. Like, at some point, he hangs around too much. Yeah. It, it, that's kind of got to change a little bit. But uh, – Yes, with everything interchanging, but it's starting to look like the guy that is like the biggest fall guy, at least, is Villanueva. Yeah. Because it's just not there. I, was, I don't know. I posted earlier today. So, uh, uh, Saxon hit or hits allowed. Villanueva has 11. No one else is really close. The next closest is three on the team. Wow. Hurries. He's at 24. The next closest is Zeitler with 10. Wow. So, like, that just – those numbers right there, you just say, like, that guy can't get it together. Like, if you can get that guy together, maybe some of these other pieces, they work around so, and it all works. Some How? of those numbers are skewed because, remember, he did play right tackle in the beginning. Yeah. Of the game, absolutely like awful game at right tackle yeah. against the, the Raiders. But, but to you your can't point, forget it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's still no. points where he looks great at left tackle, and then there's points where he doesn't. Right. Well, you mentioned running. You mentioned Lamar, right? Because that was one of the things, you know, being at the game that I noticed, too, was there were – 
there were lanes that Lamar could have taken. Uh, there's also times where Lamar tended to hold on to the ball longer yeah. instead of just getting rid of the ball. Or like you said, even if it's – it doesn't always have to be a 10, 15-yard gain. If you can get those, you know, three or four yards, get around the edge and get out of bounds, just keep moving forward, you can't take the negative yards and the sacks. That's the problem. And that's what hurts. And the, the, the thing that I, I, I respect was right after the game, he admitted to not – taking some things that he should have, right? Taking some lanes, taking some some runs when the lane was open to go. I, I think this is, I don't know if it's maybe T and the, the, the wide receiver coaching staff putting a little bit too much pressure and saying, get the wide receivers the ball, da, da, da. There's some type of hesitation. It's coming from somewhere. Is it Lamar listening to everybody? Is it the fact that, yeah, we're saying there's more weapons on this offense now. Rashad Bateman's I, looking good. There's, can there's I give you factors. my, my, ahead, my yeah. reasoning for this? And I think the reason that it is the way it is is because we don't have a running game outside of Lamar. This three-headed <laughs> yeah. running back committee that we have just hasn't been able last week just hasn't been able to produce outside of Lamar in this game. Right, he had Lamar had twelve carries for eighty-eight yards. The rest of the backs twelve carries for twenty-seven yards. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. These guys, I understand that like we're in a position where we needed to fill the hole because obviously we were <laughs> cut off at the head at the running well, back position. But here's the thing. Hold on. So without that running game, getting to your question, yeah, yeah. without that running game, I think. Lamar this season has just put so much onus on himself to have to make those plays, to have to single-handedly carry this team because he doesn't have that running game behind him, right? So he's constantly looking downfield for a wide receiver to be able to find that big chunks, to be able to find those yardage. And and for the most part, Lamar's done a great job of this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just when you're going up against an AFC North rival, who has seen you more than anybody else in the league has seen you, has, has got more tape on you than anybody else, right? Those, these teams are going to know how to game plan against you better than any other team that sees you once every couple years. Yeah, and that's that's why, but that's where I said, like, I, I don't know if the onus then comes from the coaching staff and pushing the, the, the passing game a little bit too heavy because when we see him do that, right, when he's looking down, he's missing wide open lanes that two years ago, even last year, mm -hmm. He's gone. He's off to the races, and he's getting 8, 10, 12 yards. There were multiple times in this game where I'm yelling at the TV going, run, yeah. run, yeah. because he's got it, literally the pocket has opened up the front side, Wait and it's like no, it's him versus the linebacker, and I'm going, are you kidding me? You can beat this linebacker. Bro. You gave that. You broke his ankles last year. You for think God's it's sakes. bad watching that on TV? Oh. Look at it from my point of view in the opening deck, but, where you can see the like the field open up like the fucking Red Sea, and you're like, "What are you doing? That's, Take it." That's <laughs> where I guess I, I'm not sure how much onus you know it, it is on Lamar and how much is on the coaching staff. How much yeah. is the, seeing a lot of that becomes a lot of that becomes that. pressure on a quarter. I mean, Greg, Greg, you're, you're the quarterback. You're going to get pressure anyway, one way or the other. A lot of that becomes, you know, just the pressure of like every freaking week we're asking. You know, there's not there's yeah. people that are asking, not necessarily the people that are in the know. There's people that are asking, like, nah, just come up with a stupid opinion of this guy just not being able to be a good quarterback, which is always just completely wrong. Chuck Summer says the collection, a collective Ravens backfield is worse than one whole Trent Richardson right now. <laughs> That's not cool. Yeah, no. And I hundred I hundred percent agree with you, Chuck. Like this, this running back by committee that we have right now is not good. This rotation is not good. Well, and I one, think Harbaugh and the coaching staff has killed any confidence that Tyson Williams had going oh, into that, the year. Don't get me started. Yeah. I, it's, I just it's blows bad. my mind. It's bad. Like you can 
can see the hesitation in him. Even even in fourth and 15 late in this game where the Ravens were like <laughs> yep. hanging on to the skin of their teeth of a potential comeback because we've seen it so many times this we've year. We've seen a comeback. I didn't give up on this points. team. Yeah. I didn't give up on this team. That P. Ryan run for 49 yards That's or whatever it. it was, that sealed the deal for me. Right. But prior to that, you got Tyson Williams on a fourth and 15 where he catches the ball. Maybe he's got four or five more yards to go to get the first, and he just kind of jogs out of bounds. Take That's the effort, fucking man. hit. Let's right. go. You're a running back. Turn up field. You're one on one against a fucking wide receiver. Yeah. Put your head down and go. It but drives how much? Me of, crazy. How much of that is to your point? How much is that? That's confidence, right? How much of that is? What's happened? What are we not privy to that he hasn't been getting these carries? And, but here's right. what, and that that's the annoying thing because, and I'm not even talking about like a month ago, like still recently, you 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 have a guy like Greg Roman saying like he's going to be something event, like he can be something in the future. Well, the fucking future's now. Like you, you got these old guys. That's right. not the future. Right. right. Agree, so if yeah. you're not going to really turn the ball, give it to the guy that at least is younger. Right. Yeah. Go, Go ahead, James. During this during this by, they need to sit down and and say, hey. We can't have like three running backs this list this week and then next week it, it changes like it doesn't work out like that. Or what's a better matchup? Say these are our three guys. Just roll with them and 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 leave the other guy off or trade them out because it's not a good look. Because you can have a guy that's not playing and he's having the best game. He could have the best game, but you don't see it because oh he didn't look at good at practice or we're going to scheme this way. But also, during this buy, I think it would be great if the Ravens could get Lamar's contract done. I 100% agree because with you. Because if let's, it's done. Let's talk about that a little later because I, I will definitely come back to that because I 100% agree. But to answer what you're saying about the, the rotation of running backs that they've had up until now, I think they're in and they've been in, in a complete evaluation status, right? And I think I would not be surprised, and again, we'll talk about this later, if the Ravens are looking to make a move and add another running back, right? So if they do that and they add another piece to the roster, they got to figure out who's going to be gone. They can't carry another running back, right? So they're going to have to cut bait somewhere. So I think they did this with this rotation to figure out, okay, if we bring in a Marlon Mack, if we bring in a Philip Lindsay, all right, well, then who are we removing from this roster? And I think that's why we've seen kind of this music, yeah. well, musical change. That's the thing. is, Like I said, this was, the, this was the time to experiment. Now is the time to make the decision. Right? Is it time that you you've got guys that you're like, you know what, we're just going to cut bait and, and call it a day and go find somebody else and cut, you know, get, get them on the roster? I don't know. The the thing here is what I was kind of going at with the, the Tyson Williams thing is the decisions overall of this coaching staff and and what we've seen. We've all been questioning it for the past several weeks. We saw what he started with. What's happened that we don't we don't we aren't privy to because on face value, Tyson Williams. Look like he had taken taken on the role of RB one. Yeah, clearly well, it that wasn't that he took it on. He was forced into it. They had no other right, option. But he took know? it. He stepped up. But and it took wasn't it on and like he was good. getting three yards a clip. The guy no, was right. like at high he, he, was he started five, off six, great. Like, and per touch, it's like six something. But like, then the, the, the touches start when his touches started to go down. Is when the average started going out. So what was happening in the back? In the back, I don't know. But it kind of leads to this whole decision-making process that we've talked about it in previous years, right? In just a different light, more so Greg Roman, mm -hmm. right? But we're seeing decisions on how on usage of these guys. Why the fuck did we not kick a field goal when we had the shot when it's well within Tucker's uh, range? So that was that's another part of this game that was a head scratcher to me. And I again, you know me, I've got season tickets, PSLs, I'm there, right? So I'm looking at everything. 
you got the the best kicker, and there's no debate, and the best kicker of all time <laughs> on the sideline, and you're within you're within three points, right? So why are you not taking the points? You got it's a 56, I think it was a 57 yarder and a 58 yarder, two field goal attempts that they eventually decide to just punt on, and they gained like a net of 18 yards in field position on it, and then within like two minutes. Both times, the Bengals marched touchdown. right down the field and yeah. scored a fucking touchdown anyway. But my point is, you've got Justin Tucker in a divisional game, right? And you're in the game. Why are you not taking those shots? And I heard some rumors about, like, swirling winds and stuff that they Harbaugh was talking that on about. TV. I'm yeah, going to tell no, you flat won't. out. Again, I was pissed off that he wasn't on the field and he wasn't going for the temp. I looked at everything. One, I'm in the upper deck, and I understand there's a difference in the upper deck versus the lower deck, but I didn't feel any fucking crosswinds. Two, I looked at the flags on the actual uprights, they and they moving. were both dead, laying on <laughs> the upright. There was no crosswind. There yeah. was no crosswind, so it, it got in my head. I'm like, it's, it's is Tucker excuse. like dealing with something that we don't know about or whatever? But no, in Tucker it's just fashion, to be smarter than you really are sometimes. Yeah. yeah, well, but that's that's the thing is when we see when we see John Harbaugh try to outsmart somebody, it never works out well. Look at the Andy Reid when you try to play Andy Reid ball. You get stomped every single time. This time, which is what was crazy about beating the Chiefs, they finally didn't try to play like the exactly. Chiefs. Exactly, but then this time you try to beat Joe Burrow. You try to beat Joe Burrow by having Lamar have this big passing game, and it doesn't work out. Like just again, the decision makings. It's I just don't understand some of this. Five twenty-eight, Josh, and it's one of, <laughs> it's one of those things that I just think. You have to kind of take a step back and look at it. I get that sometimes this, the numbers say something else, mm -hmm. and that was one of the points they said. We saw the Bengals go for it multiple times, right, yeah. on fourth and one. We saw on Monday Night Football they went for it multiple times. But the difference is when you have the most consistent kicker in NFL history. Preach, baby, preach. Trade him. You have <laughs> I mean, if you're not going to use them, <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly another conversation. Point. If you're not going to use them, then whatever. Right, exactly. So, uh, but no, th there's there's just so well, much to unpack with with the decision making and going from there. But let's it, let's get to the other side of the ball, right? Okay. The, the okay. Bengals scored 41 points in this mm. game. 41 points. Where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, right. Because I mean, you could rip apart this defense in so many ways, just like the freaking offensive line of the Bengals did to Brandon Williams multiple times. I have never seen Brandon Williams get manhandled the way he did in this game they multiple made times. And I'm not they talking. Made baby look like a baby. Oh my god! And I'm not talking <laughs> like two or three guys leveraging one on one. On, I'm talking one-on-one -on -one coverage. Yeah. Brandon Williams was being driven five to eight yards off the ball and then tossed to the side like garbage. That is what we signed him for. We signed him to be a run-stopping run nose tackle, right? Well, the one thing that we signed him for, what did we sign Chris Davis for? To hit home runs, right? He stopped <laughs> doing that. Brandon Williams is now not stopping the run. Like, I've never seen him look like that a game in his life. And this is a guy that is... 300 plus pounds. He's built like a freaking brick house. I mean, he's just solid muscle. I mean, he's obviously got a lot of fat on him too, but he's just strong as no, an ox. Yeah, he's. But I mean, he was getting pushed aside like he was nothing. Yeah, it, it's it was sad on the interior. They they really struggled. Uh, we did see at times Houston and Campbell really kind of getting getting towards Burrow, putting the pressure on him, making him move. They couldn't hit home. They couldn't hit home. The one time he does hit home, there's a hold. There, there's yeah. a, a penalty on it, so it winds up you know being being washed at that point. Houston had four quarterback hits in this game. Yeah. 
He Again, had, so he was and, getting the pressure there. He, it's just kind of like when Judon was here. So many times he'd be in the backfield, yeah, he creating pressure, exactly but it, he wouldn't yeah. finish and he wouldn't get home. That's yeah, the frustration. And it was it. frustrating because then by the time the by the time the second uh, the second half rolled around, it was like either they were tired or the, just the offensive line shored up. It was like then there was no pressure, and that was the whole big difference. And right. the thing of it is, if you're getting those hits, if you're say you have three sacks off of, uh, early on in that. Man, you mess with that kid's confidence. Well, you hurt him a little bit. Not even, not taking him out of the game, but just hurt him enough to like, oh, I got to think, of, can I sit here too long right. and, and get happy feet? I tell you one person, and David brings it up, one person that they were able to control, and you didn't hear his name a lot, at least on the broadcast. I don't know what you saw there, but a way, like, was was a vanishing act in this game. I don't know where he, he was. He was, he was, he was again, being handled. He, well, there was a couple of times that he got he got in the backfield and I think not only was it his problem this game, but we saw it with Houston and we saw it with a couple other guys and it's been a trend. They over pursue. We talk about like Patrick queen and the missed tackles and stuff and throwing his shoulder, which he does all that too, but he also over pursues. That's what I was saying about Oh wait too. They said uh, he was actually, his speed was actually too fast. That's that what I'm saying. Was, yeah, exactly. And he was getting past yep. beyond the tackle yeah. point. Bro is not a, he's not a super mobile guy. But he's fluid. He when he needs he's to. fluid enough, and he can feel pressure really, really yeah, he's well. Not a statue. He knows when to step up. He knows when to kind of turn his body into Gumby and have somebody roll off of him. Like he's he's very good at that. But the Ravens uh, just did not do a good job of pursuing. Yeah, and outside of that, I think uh, John, you, you sum it up really well. Tackling shit. Communication shit. Coverage shit. So let's digest that, right? It says tackling has been an issue all year round. And it was Worst obviously a, an issue in this game. According to Pro Football Focus, Ravens missed 12 tackles oh, in this game. Should they ain't miss any more? It's 12 is what Pro Football Focus said. And now this is the third time, third time this year that they've missed 12. Raiders, Lions, Bengals. All three games easily could have lost. We kicked a 66-yard miracle field goal to beat the Lions in Detroit. Uh, what game were they? Lo Raiders, two of the, Lions, two Bengals. Of the three are losses. Two of the three of the losses and, and the Lions. And you we know what else killed it too? They all had tight ends that we can't cover. Well, yeah, that's very true yeah. as well. Uh, so my, but before we get into that, well, yeah, but again, we're going to digest this thing is one thing, right? So I want to talk more about the tackling. Yeah. What is the issue, right? Because one of the things that I've always thought the Ravens defenses historically have been built around has been a good form tackling, you know, fundamentally sound defense. This is not characteristic of the Ravens to over pursue, to have guys. Now, granted, I understand Ray Lewis isn't coming through the door and Reed's not coming through the door. Like, you know, those guys no, that were staples no, for so long. But, but here, here, here's where I sum it up. You got a secondary that's all trying to be Marlon Humphrey. Yes. And it's, I don't even think it's just a secondary. I think it's everybody because Marlon Humphrey fruit punch has had so much success with punching balls out. I do. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think a lot of problems with some of these defenders is they get in their head turnover and I, not wrapping up. I forget who it was, but there was a cross. There was a crossing route that they had guy catches it. It might've been Umaza, the, the, uh, the tight end. I forget mm -hmm. who it was, but you watch and it's Elliot and Marlin in pursuit within striking distance. Yeah. But they're trying to get close enough for the punch. He gets four more yards than he actually should have because if they tackle him, if even if Marlon gets him, Marlon gets him before they him and Elliot run into each other. If Elliot if if Marlon gets him, 
it's four yards. If if Ellie gets him, it's three yards. But both of them are so focused on the punch and so focused on the turnover that you're you're just letting up yardage. Let one guy punch, and that's Marlon. If you want to have one other guy, one guy on either side of the field, that's fine. Right. The safety, your job is to come in and tackle. Yep. Simple as that. We've seen so many great hits out of Deshaun Elliott. Yep. Fucking hit him in the open field. Don't just do this in the backfield. Do it in the open this, field. Let everybody else come in and punch it. This was not a good game for Deshaun Elliott either. No. We have been sitting here. He was great last well. week when I he know. came back. That's what I'm saying. It's That's why I'm trying to say it's this. It's so is, night and day. It's so night and day with this defense. It's really, really hard to make sense of how they can be so Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or however that fucking saying is from one week to the next because I get it. Granted, you're talking about the Chargers and a quarterback that had never really seen this defense before, right, versus a quarterback at a and a uh, program that obviously has seen mm-hmm. this team and Lamar Jackson multiple times over the years, right? So there is that. Uh, but at the end of the day, the defense just has a lot to clean up. Uh, I mean, the only bright spot to Dave's point was was Anthony Averett has another decent game. Is able to wrap his guy up. He had decent coverages defensively. A few, a few good, uh, you know, tips that wind up, you know, leading to incompletes. So it works. seven tackles, four pass defense uh, deflections in this game. Yeah, Anthony Averett was attacked early and often because I think any team that lines up against the Ravens is going to say, "All right." Marlon Humphrey's not the guy we're going to go after. Anthony Averett's it. You know, Marcus Peters isn't out there. And Anthony Averett held his own. By the way. So then what happens? They go over and start going after Marlon. And that's when everything changed. Well, because I think you saw Deshaun Elliott, since they were going to Averett so much, Deshaun Elliott was playing a little more heavy on that side of the ball, mm-hmm. right, in, in trying to give Averett coverage. But Averett almost didn't need it. He was able to contain his man. When his man did get the ball, he was usually tackling him. He had one tackle where he wrapped the guy up and basically just sat down on the guy and, and kept him there right. for somebody else to come in and make the hit. That's tackling. That's what you need to do. Right. But the problem is, is they, they favor that so heavily that Marlon at times, the communication was bad. We saw the, the missed coverages, the blown coverages. 250 yards he gave up himself, 200 almost pretty much single-handedly to Jamar to Chase. Chase. Yeah, it was. Well, and then the one time you, like, I don't understand what happened. But then they line up uh, Jamar Chase on Jimmy Smith, and he gets wide open. It's yeah. like, why are you taking him off Marlon? At that point, Averitt's got his shit together right now. Shift Elliott over and give Humphrey some coverage. Adjust for the second half. I agree. But what happened? They didn't adjust, and they continued to exploit. Go ahead, got tired. I know you had a point. Yeah, that's just uh, more praise for Averett. I mean, that yeah, was, it was yeah. such a good game, and I just, I just, I guess I didn't realize how huge T Higgins is too. Like, especially was covering T Higgins because it was like, bro, I'm gonna tell you now uh, that that wide receiver core it, is the best. Legit, is the best it in is. the division. Could be one of the best in the conference. Yeah. So, yeah, my point being was that too, but it was also like, I just find myself growing more and more frustrated with Humphrey. Yeah. I don't want to be a doubter, and I don't want to be like a hater or be one of the fans that completely turned a guy after one or two bad games. I don't mean that, but it's just something. Just seems like off. I don't know if it's not having a other big time corner because I mean you got Jimmy back, so you figure there's some kind of relief. But it was like maybe he just like does he lack confidence or something or over pursue because it was just like what are you like what are you doing sometimes? It's just as you know sometimes these guys they get the contract. I think and they don't. Maybe it's too much to live up to. Personally, I think it's a few things. I do think it's obviously the injuries, right? And then he knows that he's living up to a big contract yeah. at this point. 
You, you got your other guy out there, your counterpart, and Marcus Peters down for the year. You're coming off of one of your best years as a corner as far as turnovers go, right? And so far, seven weeks into the season, he hasn't had a whole lot of turnovers. Did have an interception late in this game, but he hadn't had a whole lot of turnovers. All those forced fumbles and whatnot, the record he was going after Peanut last year, I think he puts – because I'll be honest with you, uh, one thing I do not question about Marlon Humphrey is his work ethic, that, his yeah, determination, yeah. and like his drive to be a great football player. But I do think that he is one of those guys that carries a lot of the weight on himself, kind of like Lamar on Lamar on the offensive side. He hates to lose, right? He takes football really, really seriously, and – he puts the onus on him to be the guy that's going to carry them. And I think he does that from a defensive standpoint. And, and the funny part is, like, as we are, as much as we're kind of, like, harping on him because it's justified, like, like yeah, that was, a, that was a terrible throw. But, like, he came down with a pick, and he did punch that damn ball out if it wasn't for Jamar Chase's right. foot. Like, right. if that was three yards more into the field, that's a turnover, and it could change the game. So uh, as much as we're bringing the, his negativity, the, the negative stuff to light, like, he, he is still the best defender we listen, got. Listen, you're not going to get, like, I, the, the days of Marlon Humphrey are done and all that shit yeah, out of me. No, no. Yeah. he had a shit game, and he got dominated by a rookie wide receiver. And he knows it. And he knows it. He owned it. Right after the game, he went on social media and said, I got to play better. 250 yards, not acceptable, right? So he gets it, and I don't expect this to be a trend with Marlon Humphrey. Uh, I don't expect this to be a trend with the defense. I do think over the bye week, the Ravens are going to reassess. I don't know. We'll see what they do as far as adding anybody. They don't have a ton of cap space, so it, you know they're going to have to play roulette with their fucking cap room. Yeah. Uh, but there will be some pieces on the way. Yeah, I, I'm. one of the things I, I did want to kind of bring up, too, with, with this whole game and getting – Minor note, minor note really quickly. I do want to say this because we talked about the bright side. The only bright spot being Anthony Avery on the defense. The other bright spot is still Josh Bynes. Josh Bynes has looked really good look and good. looks solid. And because he's actually at the mic and they've got uh, Queen out at the will and he's not playing as many snaps, I feel like that pressure that we just talked about with Marlon, I think Queen puts a lot of pressure on himself to perform. And rightfully so, this is a guy that's coming in and filling in for a legend, right, in behind Ray <laughs> yeah. Lewis. Everybody expects him to be the next coming of Ray Lewis. He's not. Nobody ever will be. And I think the expectations have been high now that they're off a little bit because he's got another guy out there playing the mic. He's playing a little bit better. Well, and Wink kind of talked about that this week with it, with the fact that, you know, he's he's doing well. He's got a lot of high potential, but he still has a lot that he needs to work on. So it, it's been good to hear them say that. Yep. Um, Obviously, since we're talking about bright spots, let's stick stick there for another minute. I like what I'm seeing out of Rashad Bateman. Oh, you better, <laughs> you better. So far, he's Every been great. Catch yes. he's ever has a first down. Seven catches yes. so far on the year. Seven first downs in the year. And what I like about this kid is his ability. He's not a burner. He's not somebody that's going to blow you away with his 40 yard time or anything. No, he's savvy. He knows how to create separation. He knows how to turn up field. Yak. A guy that, like, he doesn't have, again, he doesn't have the Tyreek Hill kind of speed to get the yards after carry, but he knows where to turn to go upfield to get the extra yardage to move the chains. Uh, so far in two games, super impressed with Rashad Bateman. Hopefully that chemistry and, continues and, to build. And more Hollywood, no Riddler. That's right. That's <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Hollywood, another bright spot in this game. I mean, that touchdown, boy. Whew. You got to take the good with the bad with Hollywood. Yeah. There's going to be some bad games. There's going to be some bad drops. 
But between that Denver catch that he had in the end zone and this catch that he had in this end zone, there's not many wide receivers in this league that no. make that catch uh, and keep their knee in bounds uh, and come down with that well, ball. Well, it wasn't even his knee. It was literally his toe. Well, he had his, his toe, and then his, his knee fell call, down because yeah. he, <laughs> no, no. he didn't actually get he both got feet both. down. No, both feet. They, they showed the replay. They showed the replay. It was literally just enough of a scrape of the back foot to keep that in. His knee actually was fell out of bounds uh, it, on this one. They He scraped that back foot of the end really? zone in and there. To me, it, on the, the Jumbotron, the way it looked was he got his right oh. foot down, and he was trying to get his left foot down, couldn't get it, but his right knee hit inbounds before they he were, landed out of they bounds. Were, they were they – Zoomed in on it. Okay. It was it All was right. it was his Fair toe for sure. Either way, it was a hell yeah, of a fucking hell of a catch. catch. Yeah. Hell of a catch. But at, at this time, at the same time, right? It, there were definitely some good things, some bright spots with with that staying in. But the thing with it's a stat that you have to kind of take a step back and you're like, wait, what? He had 14 targets in this game, five yeah. receptions out of 14 targets. Now some of those fall on Lamar and short throws. Lamar, I, he was short short arming it a little bit in this game. Yep. We saw an overthrow or two that winds up being on him. Um, yep. You know, it's. There's one thing that I that I wanted to ask you guys about because you get this back and forth, right? I I I've made that statement for a reason to to then ask this question. Can we stop blaming Lamar for the failure of others? And what I mean by that, people throwing all this shade and the hate saying he lost this game. Well, let's 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 remind you what we just talked about. The defense didn't give a chance, right? They let up 41 points. Even when he brought them back within, it, we were leading, 17. Right. Right? Defense just gives point after point after point after point. Then the the run game, non-existent outside of Lamar. Mm-hmm. You're asking the guy to put everything on his shoulders. But and that's and that's what he's doing. I mean, honestly, without Lamar Jackson, we are a one in six football team this year. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, that he has single-handedly won us enough games to be five and two at this point. There, again, it, there's a lot. There's a lot that this team needs to fix. It's not Lamar Jackson. Did he have a great game in this game? No. He was under 50% completion uh, percentage in this game, or right around 50% completion percentage. You can in this blame game. the offensive line. You can blame, blame the run game. But like, he 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 does deserve some of the blame because yes, some of the, but he some of these throws all the bl- no, all the blame for no it. not at all. But he's 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 not perfect, right? Right. He made some overthrows. He made some short throws. He, like you said, there's some hesitation sometimes in his body language that. You can see, like, he's not forcing balls, but just that hesitation of, ah, I don't know if I should make this, and then yeah, it ends up being exactly a bad throw. How, yeah, exactly. It, it goes over the head or it goes too short. So, I don't know. I'm not one to blame Lamar. You guys all know how I feel yeah. about Lamar Jackson. I mean, again, without him, we're one and six. Uh, but one of the things that this team needs to figure out, in my opinion, is and one of the things that they did well for a while, getting out to an early lead. I will surprise you with a stat that, if you're not aware of this, was very telling to me. The Ravens have only scored three touchdowns in the first quarters of games this season combined. That's field goals, touchdowns, everything. Three touchdowns in seven games. Because everything's been coming from behind most of the season. Yeah. Because you're starting slow as hell. Right. Well, that and the running game can't sustain drives. The running game is what, I mean, this was a team that was unprecedented from the running game and it wasn't just Lamar right you know you had the Dobbins and you had the Edwards and we all thought that oh we can bring anybody into this system and any running back will work in this system well that has been debunked because that's not true (laughs) we've added plenty of running backs in the system it hasn't worked this year Uh, but this team if they're going to make this transition 
from a run first team to a pass first team, then we need to see that early in this game because Lamar, what I've noticed out of Lamar is that he's historically a slow starter. Right, it, it takes him that first quarter from a passing standpoint right. to get ramped up and to get accurate and to start feeling comfortable in his game. Well, you need to start with some of these shorter completions. Start getting him into his rhythm early on. These short 10, you know, five to 10 yard passes, get him in rhythm, get Bateman out in space. We get Nick Boyle back, having him out there with, with Mark Andrews. I think these types of things will help after the bye week, help us get points on the board early, and we're not playing catch up later on. Yeah, if we can if we can do something to do that, it'd be nice. I just don't I, I don't know what the result is, right? Because it, even if you even if you can do that, you got you still got to put the points on the board. Right, that's the biggest piece, right? It, you can get the ball to Bateman. They led the league. They led the league the last two years in first quarter scoring. Um, I mean, that's yeah. a huge difference. But you can't let your defense your defense can't be given can't be given points up early either. I understand that, and that's a separate issue. My and, point is, like, you need but, to be able to score. If, and, if you know your defense is giving up points, you need to be able to score early and often. And in fairness to that statement, though, the defense played well the first. Like, if, that, you yeah. know what I mean? Let's say the first half, the defense was playing well. Right. It was the second half. Burrow but if you, torched if, them. Right. But if you didn't waste opportunities yourself, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we're talking about. That's why the, the Colts were able to get a 19-point lead on you. You just made the comeback. Right. Go ahead, James. Go ahead, James. I just want to bring up something that we have never brought up, I guess, because we overlooked this. But uh, I think this is the last run for uh, Sam Sam Cook. His punting hasn't been that well that it's been in previous years. Yeah, Sam, Sam Cook's getting a little uh, long in the tooth. I mean, I, I still think that he's a top 10 punter in the league. Um, uh, you have to look. He's not a top 10 punter anymore. I, I still think he is. I, I, I don't know. I, in this game... There were, again, the opportunities that shouldn't have been punts. They should have been field goal attempts, but they were punts that, yeah, they were short. And if you're going to to use a weapon like Sam Cook, you expect to have better field position. You better pin them inside the 10-yard line when you're inside the 50. He, when you're on the yeah. opposite side, you know, on the he, same side of the he field. He used to be really good on punting them back, but these punters nowadays I are, agree with are, that. are getting stronger and all. Like, his average is, I was looking it up the other day, is 46. And the league is like... 40-something, but they're high 40s, almost 50s. The the top one's 50. He averaged 52. And his longest punt of the year was 57 yards. And there's guys out there punting 79, 65, 71, 82. Like, they're going – these legs are getting stronger and stronger. And I love Sam Cook, but yeah, he when he first came with the Ravens, he was dominant. He was the dominating punter. In the league now, it's starting to time. I think it's time to get another another he, punting. He's still the best quarterback on the team. Yeah, as you're David correct. said, he still <laughs> got the best. He still got the best passer rating on the team. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I agree with you. I and I think the the I think somebody else mentioned in there too. Googs. Yep. Uh, the writing was kind of on the wall when we first saw Morgan Cox leave last year. Uh, I think this might be one of the last years for Sam Cook. Like I said, he's getting up there. He's getting older. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I, the punting game, for me, is not our issue. Uh, no, <laughs> much I, I know that. Issues. But if you watch, the punting game has changed in this league as well. Yeah. You know, like but with we like also, Lamar and all them. 
in quarterback style, like the punting game has changed. The, we the, also the historically spin, have have had guys point. that can that are the gunners this year have not done as well as we've seen them do in the past. They're they're getting down. They're not getting down there as quick. They're they're giving up more. That's one of my things. You're not getting guys down there. Good. Justice Hill was pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just it, he was. Yeah. He really, really was good at that. That's true. That's but true. Where's he at now? Well, I mean, <laughs> he didn't plan on tearing yeah. his Achilles. All right. All right. So, again, I know this was an ugly game. We had to talk about it. And there's a lot that fans are like upset about. A lot of things fans are worried about. But again, we're five and two, right? We're still in the thick of things. The best team in AFC or one of the top four teams in the AFC. Uh, we're just very, like I said, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like a very different team week to week. So we got to figure out a way to shore that up. And we've talked about the issues. We've talked about the issues on the offensive line. We've talked about the issues at the running back position. We've talked about the issues with tackling. How do we address this? How do we fix this moving forward? For me, defensively, the tackling, it's coaching. It's not that we're going to be bringing in new players that are going to light the world on fire and change things. I think Josh Bynes and some moving around in personnel and coaching these guys up more uh, will help the defense. I don't, you know, I don't, I haven't lost faith in Wink Martindale, and I haven't lost faith in this in this coaching staff. Although no, I've never been no. a big Rob Ryan fan, and Rob Ryan is now the inside linebacker nah, coaches. I'm yeah. just going to say that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think this defense can do enough. to. They're not what they're going to be at the end of the year. They're not a bottom five defense in this league. They will be better. But what do we do? With the offensive line, what do we do with the running back core? Again, like I said earlier, Scott, we don't have a whole lot of cap yeah. space. So the the thing here is when you when you ask, if you're asking where where's our biggest need, mm-hmm. to me, we have lost so much depth at O line. That's our biggest need. But when you when you take a step back and you say, okay, let's fix that. Well, let's be real. How the fuck are you going to fix it? Any good O lineman's on another team, and what are you going to trade? Nobody's going to be wanting to trade for a, a draft pick for an O lineman, right? Uh, you can try knocking on the door of Kansas City because uh, apparently OBJ isn't working well out over there. We can come back and put him at right tackle. I know, I know the Jets have been shopping around a Moses Malone or whatever the hell the guy's name is, something Moses. He was a hell of a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> whatever his name is. I don't know what it's going to cost to get a guy like that back. I mean, he's an offensive tackle. He plays left tackle. You're talking about a premium position, and people know the premium behind it, right? No, yeah. Nobody in the NFL has a ton of offensive line depth. It's just offensive linemen are like hey. – on another tier as far as what's elite to what's mediocre. Like there's right. a large gap difference. But between at, this, that. at this point, you just you're so you're so bad in depth right now. You just need somebody that's serviceable. Right. We heard Morgan and I just Moses. saw somebody Thanks, I just <laughs> saw somebody chime in. Josh says trade bell. And look, we heard we heard about the fact that people I'll uh, trade they, Bell they, for they, a freaking soft a water taco boy, probably. Well, be, we heard about we Chalupa. heard about teams saying you know they were interested, and we heard about the, that that interest in our running back room. The problem, I think the Ravens leaked that shit themselves. Nobody it, was calling. Oh, they most about definitely it. did. Nobody was calling Nobody the Ravens about it, right and right. it very well, it very well may have been. But here's the deal: <laughs> you give up that, you're giving up where you've lost the same amount of guys in the running back core 
at, to get a guy on the O-line, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. The other thing that you got to take into consideration, too, right, is not a whole lot of NFL teams run this kind of offense, right? This isn't a plug-and-play offensive system that you can just trade for somebody and next no. week start an <laughs> offensive lineman and expect him to be able to pull and know where his assignments are and all like that just doesn't happen. It's going to take weeks for somebody to be able to come in and get up to speed. And again, what teams are out there that are shopping starting level offensive linemen that can really help <laughs> guard pulls around a tackle. He Get a tackle used to that. Go right. ahead. Yeah. He's used to taking a guy and throw him. Now you can't throw him here because you got to keep him the inside because you got to know the guards coming to the outside. Right. Like exactly. you got you got to pay attention to stuff like that. And to your point, there's not that many people that are doing it. So I think the most, I think the most impactful position and the most seamless position uh, that can make an impact right away would be the running back position. And I do think that there's a lot of teams out there that do have two, three, four running backs that in this system could flourish again the indianapolis colts i know a lot of people in here Mac, mentioned it yeah. i said it earlier marlon Mack could be a good fit we talked about philip Lindsay down in houston houston's an absolute shit show right now are they looking for draft picks maybe get a guy like that i think that would be the most ready impact available position to be able to plug and play and get some sort of boost on the offensive side the, the only problem with that is you got to also, you know, and it's not a huge problem, but you got to have a guy that can understand you've got a quarterback that's going to pull it out of your hands more than any other quarterback in the league. Yeah. Because if he sees the hole for himself, he's going to take it. Right. So you have to understand that. That's the harder scheme. Plus the blocking schemes of the running backs, right? You may be a running back and drive, but we saw plenty of times where Dobbins was making some blocks. We saw Gus making blocks last year. Then going out and getting into the flat and being the open guy in case Lamar's there or leading leading him and being his leading. Googs, I know you're joking, but he says bring back Mark, talking about uh, Mark Ingram. Like, I get it, and I know he's older and all of that, and he wasn't what he was the knows first the year he was, but seamlessly knows the system. I really think what this team lacks is that between the tackles runner. Like, right now, they just got a bunch of guys that are too shifty and don't – don't grab the ball and run. Just run through. Don't right, go downhill as much. Run through your gaps. Go through the guards. Get that extra. Like, that's what that's what made Gus Edwards so great. He was that downhill runner that could hit the gaps quickly. He got you five yards every never time he touched the ball. Never a loss. Like, never. Yeah, yeah. Never. Like, I understand that, again, not anybody is going to come in and be a Gus Edwards replacement, but we have to be able to get that running he back who could run between the tackles and get you three, four, five yards of carry. I would say he was a guy that you you could bring him out there and you could have him do a third, you know, third and anything under five, and he's probably going to get you the first down, right? right? If you want to, if you want to play a dual run in that situation, it, it's it's some, something that we do we do need, but again. You got to have somebody that's going to have good blocking skills. Lamar's has struggles as it is, right? Ricard at this point has just become another lineman. The way he's been playing, the scheming that they've been putting him in, he's yeah. just going out there as another lineman. We've seen him practicing with the tight ends a little bit, but that's because he's the blocking tight end. That's another thing that I'm hoping comes back when we when we take turn the corner of this by. When do we see Nick Boyle coming back? Yep. Yeah, and I think I think they did it smart. They didn't want to rush him back before the bye week because he's coming off a really, really bad injury, right? And he's been out there with a RoboCop leg on in practice trying to make it work. So I think giving him this extra rest through the bye week is smart for them. But I do think that that will be an impact 
on this offense, you know, having Nick out there because yes, he is the best blocking tight end in the league, but he also does add value as a pass catcher as well. Yeah. You just don't see that out of Ricard out of the backfield. He's a good blocking tight end. But and Matt, Matt says, Matt says Bell for Kamara. I'll give him Bell and Freeman for Kamara. Okay? I'll, 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 I'll go for Kamara. <laughs> yeah, that'll never happen. I wish, right? That's the dream. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. What do you guys think, James? Like, what if you could add a piece through the bye week? What kind of piece are you adding? I got to bring this up just because David okay. just said this, and it's it can lead to what he was talking about with Cook. So I'm interested to get it. Cook, Bell, and a pick for Henry. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah, can pull right. it off, go right yeah. ahead. Exactly. All right, James, what do you got? We need a miracle. A miracle? <laughs> At five and two, you think we need a miracle? This season's we have an extra game, so you got 17 games to play. There's going to be more injuries to this team. Okay, but we're going to have a lot of guys coming back from injury, too. You hope. Well, Ronnie just, Stanley's not coming back. Right now. You got Boyle and stuff. Like, the running game has to come there, and I think at the end of this bye, they need to say, hey, these are our three-headed monsters. We're going to stick with them and, and be done with it. You can't go, like, this week, we're, we're going game plan for this and that. Like, it, it's inconsistent. It's not fair for these running backs, and it's not it's not fair for the line to know, you know, some don't feel comfortable about which hole to hit or which guy they feel comfortable. They need to have some kind of rhythm, stay with it. Even if it looks bad one game, it might be, you know, better in two, three games and, and ride it out. But like you said, there's not going to be no offensive line left guard walking in and say, hey, I'll open that hole for you and, you know, lead you down the Red, red Sea to right. victory. But right. our, our team needs to just start tackling on defense and playing smash foot, football and let Lamar do his thing. Right. And like I said, get this contract done now during the bye, maybe at a cheaper premium right now, and be done with it. At dude. a cheaper premium when just a week ago we beat the Chargers <laughs> and everybody was talking about he's going to be the next highest-paid quarterback in the league. So it's just funny how things change week to week. We have one bad game. It's it's just – Well, he didn't yeah. have a great game against Chargers no, he didn't. either. Yeah. He didn't. Drew. He didn't have if you, to. If you can have one single piece – where do you think the Ravens at it again? They don't have a ton of cap space, so where do you yeah, think Yeah, I mean, is? if you're if you're making me pick one piece, it's hard to like not say. I mean, it's hard to not say offensive line, right? And running back, like you guys have been saying, because those are the biggest like holes, mm-hmm. other than fixing things on on defense. Uh, I, I don't really have a solution because it is just it's, it's saying the same thing you guys have already been saying. Like, there's real well, you get to this point in the year, you kind of shit out luck, right? Like it really is. I mean, you can you, you can go and and take some cast offs and hope they work, like they done with even though the one guy didn't show up but which is his prerogative right but uh i mean you know what i mean like they made that effort on the offensive line with that with those moves it's just that's kind of all you could do nowadays right at this point so, right question on that do you think the ravens knew he he was planning on do that doing that before they signed him Mm-mm. no i don't think so okay you do you don't know you, you don't know what's going right. on with people exactly so uh just weird that? that hours after craig says fred is an overall f- as an overall thing, Ravens aren't playing with that dog mentality they're known for. Uh, I agree with that. Like, again, I think because there have been so many injuries, they're playing right? with a defeated mentality. They're, I don't know. I don't know if defeated is the right word. It's more so they lack the confidence that they've once had because they were such a deep team, especially on the defensive side. Right, collectively, they were such a good unit when healthy that. 
it didn't have to be a Marlon Humphrey to make a play every week. It didn't have to be, you know, Patrick Queen making a sound tackle every week because he had great guys around them that could also make impactful plays. And now with all the injuries that they've had, certain guys, I think, are playing with too much added pressure to themselves. They don't have that swagger. Yeah, well, right. Well, they have maybe a couple, a good way of putting it. couple yeah. too many old dogs, too, maybe. It yeah. looks like they're yeah. limiting Jimmy Smith, too, because before he used to cover, like, the tight ends um, when they had um, Peters and, and Humphreys, you know, doing their things. And now he has to cover some wide receivers and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know if his legs are starting to die out or what, but. I haven't seen Jimmy out there that much either. Right. So Davis says it looks like the O-line is getting tired after a few series. That might contribute to the lack of run game as well. And that's that's a good point, too. Again, this offensive line isn't what it was in 2019 either. You had Orlando Brown. You had Ronnie Stanley. 2019, you had Marshall Yonda, right? That was a great offensive somebody, line. Somebody just said in there, so they, they've been bad since Yonda's, since Yonda left. Right. And, 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 yeah, obviously the injury and then getting rid of Orlando Brown, right? Yeah. This offensive line is not what it was, but this run game can be better in this system with the current offensive line that we have. We just don't have the backs to do it right yeah, now. Yeah, you don't have the backs to do it. And Travis Travis makes a good point. It's something that I thought about, you know, is there a little bit of conservatism, right, that we're seeing in some of the in some of the play calling regarding Lamar? It could be the pressure behind the throw. Is there some conservatism that they're scared with so many injuries already and lacking at depth in so many spots? I mean, what, 18 guys now, 19 on IR, most in the NFL. I think it's now the it's we're up to 10 or 11 of them being star, original star guys that were originally expected to be starters at the beginning of the season. I mean, that's an entire half of your team right. from a starter standpoint. That's that is that is a fear. And is there conservatism? You're already minimized on cap space, right? So you have you have to be extremely strategic, more so than we've ever seen EDC be strategic. Right. And we're seeing him try to do that, but those they're just not working out like they've done before. Right? right. We can't expect everyone to be a hit. We can't expect the Murrays, the Freeman. While Murray probably of the of the group has looked the best, he gets injured, right? Yeah. Hopefully he's able to recover. He was this the week. best between the tackles runner that we have. But right now he's not doing anything for us because he's off the side. Right, exactly. So you hope he, hopefully he comes back. So th there's a lot with this. It, it's just I, I wonder if to that point is there conservatism? Is that why we see guys running out of bounds and not going after it? it not get because you don't want another guy getting hurt. Right, right. You already had Murray hurt. If Tyson Williams is, was Tyson told if you don't have a clean shot to take this, don't push it because we can't go down another back. Right. We don't know. We're not privy to that, but it kind of starts to it starts to make you scratch your head a little bit. There's that, you know, conspiracy theory a little bit that comes out and goes, are they really holding back because they're they're fearful of it? I don't think it's the Ravens I don't MO. Think that, no. Or anybody, can, then don't play football. Yeah, yeah. right. I no, just, but I when you're when you're so decimated by injuries, I mean look at look at uh last year with the uh the 49ers. Right. The 49ers had so many injuries. There were people saying that they were playing conservative, but they weren't because they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. They, they couldn't bring any, anybody on. It's, it's starting to hurt them again this year. Difference with they, us and them is they were two and five at this point. We're five and two. Right. right? Exactly. So, so I don't think the Ravens but, are playing conservative. But, They're just not playing great. No, it, I think that's. But are they not playing great because they're being conservative? That's what I'm saying. There's some people out there that are thinking that. That's maybe, all I'm saying. Maybe. Well, look. 
we got a lot and i think we all agree and i think everybody in the chat room agrees we all see the issues we all know what you know what needs to happen it's just a matter of what can the ravens do again I have faith in Eric DaCosta and Pat Morarty and their team to be able to manipulate the cap in any kind of way that if there's an opportunity for this team to get better through a trade or a move, they'll do that. 100% they're on the phones right now. They'll do that. Yeah. It's what do they do and what can they do and what can they bring in? My Ravens prediction this week, I'm just going to put it out there. Ty? It's their, their time of possession in bed outweighs everybody else. I'll say this. They won't miss a tackle this week. I know that <laughs> much. <Not> zero miss <laughs> tackles. To that, point, to that point, for all you fans out there, just letting you know, uh, being that next week is a bye week, we are also going to take a bye week. Yes. We're going to have a, a BS outing. We're not sure where we're going yet. Uh, if we do anything out and about, uh, and we'll probably post something about it on social media. So if anybody want to meet out, you know, have a drink or, you know, whatever we Come do, join us, whatever we do, we yeah. threw axes the last time we did this it was a lot of fun. So we'll let you guys know. Uh, but let's get into our primetime predictions for this week, Scott. All right. So starting off, we've got the game on Thursday night uh, that uh, Fred wound up changing his pick right before the show yeah, started. Yeah, there was uh, some oh, news. We were allowed to do that? Well, then. Hey, listen, I, we didn't make the picks on air yet, so you can change you can right change up. It, but we got to change it on the paper. <laughs> uh, so the first game is going to be the Packers, who obviously 6-1 and one, have skated by on some games of their own mm -hmm. um, it, with some wins. Taking on the undefeated, the only undefeated team in the NFL right now in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I actually did. I don't know if you guys saw the video of them giving out game balls after the last yeah. game and uh, giving it to the, I think they said the, since 1974, uh, last time the Cardinals started a season 7-0. and yep. um, So pretty impressive to, to see them do that. Um, I'll go first. I don't, I don't think this is much of a contest in who's going to win. Um, I think there's because of the injuries on and the other, uh, not the injuries, but the COVID, COVID. list, the yeah. COVID list situation um, in the, with the Packers, I think the Cardinals offensively, we know they're high flyers. Mm. We know that they can get it done, but they also have a damn good defense, right? I've got them being able to, to contain because he's not going to have his main threat in Devonte Adams. I've got them being able to contain, uh, the the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to have Lazard either for this game now. Uh, so for me, 35, 21 cards. I, I don't think it's a question. I don't. I don't. There's no toss up even for me in this situation. Yeah, I really like what the Cardinals are doing. Uh, it's a good football team. Uh, they've they've good all around, like you said, both offensively and defensively. Uh, they proved the other week that they could win without their head coach, and he's not the game changer apparently that we all thought he was. Uh, <laughs> the Packers in this game is still Aaron Rodgers, right? He's one of those air apparent, like one of those rare air guys that can find a grocery bagger in a grocery store, put him out at wide receiver, and make it work, right? Like there's only been a few mm -hmm. quarterbacks in the day that we know that that that's that's true, uh, but. He's not going to have his number one wide receiver out there in Devontae Adams, like you said. He's not going to have Lazard out there. If I was back and forth on this, if this game was in Green Bay, I'm going Packers, both regardless, in Arizona or in Green Bay, a close game. But because it's in Arizona and Arizona's playing such good football right now, I've got the Cardinals winning this in a very close game, 34-31. I still Ooh. think you know Aaron keeps them close. But, Even without the weapons. But without the weapons, that's Aaron Rodgers, man. I'm telling you. Okay. He's going to have, he's going to listen to a whole week of everybody saying, oh, the Packers are shit. They're not going to do anything because of COVID and all that stuff. Aaron will take that personally. He'll go out there, throw for 350, and figure out a way to be in this game. But I think he'll just come up just short in this one. Okay. Drew, what do you got? 
Uh, I'm gonna come. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and be the lone wolf on this one. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I didn't even. I did not realize it just now. Like I am. I gotta make. I gotta make up ground anyway. I'm sticking with the Packers, even though the the COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, not having Adams is a is a problem. I mean, if it if it stays to those two guys, because anything can happen between now and Thursday. You know what I mean? Right. The whole offense could be. It, it can happen. Uh, I still think Aaron Jones can and can do really good. Can do really good things against Cardinals. I, I have a feeling he's he's if they get into that that red zone area, he's he's pretty damn good at getting touchdowns. And then, like I said, Aaron Rodgers, it's still Aaron Rodgers. So right. I'm gonna stick with my pick. It's uh, Packers thirty six to thirty. All right, James, what do you got this week, man? Well, when uh, Adams was uh, put on the COVID list, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a tough nail biter. Um, and I'm like, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll throw it to anybody that's fucking open. As long yep. as you can catch the ball, he'll throw it to you. If not, uh, <laughs> he's going to have problems. And and they'll probably throw it to the tight end a lot. And Jones, if well, he can I'll run the that. ball, if he can run the ball, <laughs> you know, they they have they can't stop to run that too well. But um, and he's a good um, out of backfield uh, catching running back yeah. too. So that yep. can help too. But like you said, if this was in Green Bay. I have the Packers winning, but I had the Packers winning with the um, the points because they're getting six and a half, and they can cover that. But I'm going with the Cardinals, thirty-seven to thirty-four. It's gonna be a close game, and they will cover by it's the still spread. Still amazing to me that six and a half, though. Well, I just, it was five I really, and a half, but now six and a half. I'm really surprised all three of you guys think that they're gonna score over thirty points when they've only done it twice this year, and that was against the Lions and the 49ers, who've been decimated by injuries. Outside of that, they haven't been able to put up more than 30 points. And you think they're going to put up 30 points against this defense of the I Cardinals? I do. In Arizona. In Arizona? In Arizona. I do. I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, they do have Aaron Rodgers. It's not like it's Joe Flacco but to out his, there. To his point. They, they haven't point. put up 30 points against anybody except for the 49ers and the right. Lions. Hey. They, they put up three points against the Saints, right? They put up. 24 against the Bears. They put up against the Bengals. 25. As like, Aaron said, relax. Yeah, this well, is why we play football like every week. Field goals. They also missed five field goals for the Bengals, too. <laughs> relax. You got, you, got, you got to remember, like, this is why we play football every week. We don't put up the same <laughs> right. score every week. All right. Uh, Sunday yeah. night football. You got the uh, the Red Hot Dallas Cowboys sitting at 5-1, and one, coming off the bye, going into Minnesota. Uh, to take it on the mediocre Vikings at we three and say three. Ryan has Cardinals twenty seven seventeen. Oh, the way. sorry about that. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> you know, I forgot about that guy. He hadn't been here in a couple of weeks. Twenty seven seventeen Cardinals. So uh, much quieter in here. Right. <laughs> Cowboys and Vikings. Drew, I'll let you kick this one off. Oh, what do you got? Wait. Here we go. Uh, I got the Vikings because I got to play catch up. No, I I, I did. Uh, this was a tough one. I mean, it's, it's a lot of. I think this could be a really good offensive game. So I got the Vikings thirty one to thirty. Yeah, it's a. It was a little bit of a trickier game for me too because it's like Dallas is doing really good, and and they've had that opportune uh, time with like Diggs and and the and the turnovers. Right. But I mean Cousins, as a rule of thumb, plays a lot better at home. Right. So that's the, like you guys were saying with the last game. If, if you flip the if you flip the home team, I'm going with the home team in this one. So I, for me, I'm just sticking with the Vikings. I think it's going to be offense on offense in this game. I like it, James. What do you got, man? Well, I have it differently. You got the Cowboys looking good. They get they get some rest, and then they have a awesome stellar defense that just showing up this year. And you got a boy named Diggs, not the wide receiver Diggs, but the Trayvon Trayvon Diggs just catching balls and running them back for touchdowns. So you might have another one this game. I have the Cowboys twenty four seventeen, and they're gonna just do their Dallas things. 
It's funny because Trayvon Diggs looked awful his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, he looked awful. <laughs> he now he looks like he's on Deion Sanders type I, level, man. Like the the, the playmaking he, he has. Is that, desire to me. I get it. I get it. Like, <laughs> but, but he's, he's that he's that guy. He's that Marcus Peters. Yeah, you know, exactly. The boomer bust kind point, of thing. That, that, well, the reward is going to go down. And yeah. it happens. Oh, it, 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 we've talked about that with Marcus, but this, the same thing with Diggs, though. He talked about, you know, he in, in hard knocks, right? He talked about talking to to Stefan and saying, like, if if I'm playing you, how do I beat you, right? That's yeah. that type of mentality, and it it starts to help when you say, look. If I can't, if I can't beat you one one on one, I gotta step back and try to jump anything that I can. And the it's difference, working for the him. difference with Trayvon is he's got a good football IQ too. I mean, he played both sides of the ball. He was a wide receiver yeah. in high school, right? So he's got that going for him as well. But Scott, I'll let you go, man. What do you got in this game? Uh, for me, I've I've got this. The Cowboys are doing cowboy things right now. They're five and one. I think they're going to move to six and one. Uh, the Vikings have been up and down. They have played some tough teams. They've put up some po- some good good points against some tough teams. Mm-hmm. Um, including the Cardinals, right? That was a close game for them. But I just don't know that you can you can withstand this Dallas defense the way that they've been playing. The Dallas offensive line is protecting Dak. Dak has been doing well. Uh, I just see them winning this. I've got to be in a close game, a one-score game, uh, but I've got the Cowboys pulling it out 30-24, to 24, and you went, you kind of beat me to it. I think Stefan Diggs has another pick six here. Just to let you know. It would be really amazing if Stefan Diggs. Just to let you know. Stephon, but this, Diggs. This, game, <laughs> this game is where the, the, the pick to click is going to come from. I'm going to yeah, tell you this right now. It's going to come from this game. So uh, John Googs ty- uh, chimes in says, Diggs is on pace to give up the most yards in a season as a corner. He's just like <laughs> J.C. Jackson, a magnet for overthrown or underthrown balls. I agree with that. I, you know, again. But he takes it to his advantage. Yeah. He plays the ball, and he, you know, he makes turnovers, right? And that's what this is obviously what each team's trying to get. Yeah. So here's the thing. For me, I'm going to take, like, an unsung hero in this game that I think has a huge game, and I'm going to go Tony Pollard. I think Tony okay. Pollard has a big game in this game out of the backfield as a receiver, not so much as a runner. I think he catches the good – I think he gets 60 to 80 yards receiving out of the backfield, might have two touchdowns out of the backfield. I think he has a big game. CeeDee Lamb has a big game. I think CeeDee Lamb outperforms Justin Jefferson in this game. Woo. Galloway comes yeah, right back with one breath. Emotional with that. Galloway comes back in this game up. too. Cowboys, I think, win this again. Like you all said, close game. Cowboys win 27-23. Ryan's got this with you. Sided with you, Drew. Uh, he's got the Vikings winning this 28-24. Close game. Close and Gall- game. Gallup comes back this game too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, Monday Night Football. The I guess probably the probably the worst game of the of the bunch um, on paper. Uh, Monday Night Football, you got the Giants going into Kansas City and Arrowhead, uh, and Giants two and five coming off a win over the Panthers. Uh, the Chiefs three and four struggles. Uh, obviously, the story about Mahomes and the, the the potential concussion. They're clear. They said he cleared protocol. He'll be good for this week, according to what James is telling us beforehand. Uh, Fred, we'll start with you. So who do you have win in this game? The Chiefs are three and four playing at home in Arrowhead. I get it. The Chiefs are not playing good football right now. Andy Reid is pissed off. Right? I think his offense comes out uh, and and proves a point. You know they they got to get back on the board. They got to get on the winning track. This defense is problematic though. I mean, just like with the Ravens, you know they they give up a ton of yards. They give up a ton of points. They're a bad defense. 
but I think the, the Chiefs will ultimately win this, being a home game, 30-24 to 24 in a much closer game than I would have ever predicted going into <laughs> this year with the Chiefs and the Giants playing each other. Drew, what do you got? I got Chiefs 35-21. Uh, Mahomes is going to put up five touchdowns. <laughs> nice. You're not having back-to-back bad games. I don't care that they got embarrassed against Tennessee and he looked vulnerable and oh, he's throwing all these interceptions and he's trying to play hero ball. I don't, I, he's not having two horrible games in a row. Right. If that's the only way they're losing the Giants is if he has exact if – exact, if they could do the carbon copy exactly what the Titans did to them, then sure. But they need I, to get I don't sh- think it's happened. One, one – there's no running back for the Giants that can do at all what Henry can do. Right. And two, there's no there's no wide receiver right now that can be as explosive as AJ Brown can do. Right. So like you know what I mean? Like you'd have to almost do exactly what the Titans did, and even then that was a miracle because that defense is bad. Right. So I just like I said, I just don't think he has two disastrous games in a row. I don't think Andy Reid has two disastrous games in a row. I agree with you. They need to get his stupid-ass brother off the sidelines well, doing his too. dances, too, because that is not done well for them. Nope. James, what do you got? I got the Chiefs just uh, getting back to normal of kicking ass and taking names on the offense. Their defense is like trash. So I have them winning 41-27. The Giants are the Giants, and they always will be the Giants until they get their shit cleaned up. <laughs> Um, and and like I said, I don't I don't see Mahomes having like two going on three bad games like, yeah. and it's just another another game for him to you know put the put the points up. I think they they played the Jets and they destroyed them. That's when he had like five touchdowns or who did they play where he like or was it the Eagles he put up five touchdowns? I don't remember one or two in the green uniform. He had an amazing game against but the Eagles. Yeah, like, like it's four not, touchdowns. It's not going to happen on Monday night. At home with that crowd, it's not going. They're not losing, and I would bet my house on it. Right. All right. Ryan's got this going. Chiefs thirty-one seventeen. So I think we're all on the board with Chiefs. Scott, negative home slice. No. All right. I think the I you're going to be the one guy to go with the Giants in this game. I think the wheels are falling off the cart in Kansas. City. <laughs> okay. Without a run game, they're having struggles. Right. I think you're seeing it get to Mahomes. That offensive line can isn't able to do anything to protect him, right? They're, they've had serious struggles. You have the Giants coming off a, a big game against the Panthers, Panthers, in which they had Sam Darnold looking like a looking like he he did back playing against the Jets, right? Right. I think the Giants are riding high right now. Do I think they're going to win the division? No. I just think they, they're they're going to ride this momentum. And they're, they've got this underdog mentality. They were underdogs against the Panthers, right? They went in. They made him look stupid. They made him look silly. I think they could go in and do it again. It's because there's so many issues right now in Kansas City. There's so many problems. And so many people are questioning it. I think they're going to try too hard, and he he's going to continue to throw picks. He's right. trying too hard to make up for the lack of run game here. And here's the other thing. It, this isn't something that just started with Patrick Mahomes either. Patrick Mahomes had 16 interceptions in his last 16 games combined, right? I think what's happening with him is – all of the things that everybody raves about and all the highlights that you've seen over the last couple of years, his first couple of years in the league, when he's making these no-look passes and he's making these throws across the field and all that stuff, you had never seen that before out of any quarterback in the league, or if you had, it hadn't been for a very long time, right? I think defenses are now up to the task for that. They know to expect it. They're not as caught off guard as much anymore. So those big plays and those crazy throws – 
people are looking for him and he's cause and it's causing them to turn the ball over. And, and again, when your defense is as leaky as their defense is, it doesn't. And David says well. in Arrowhead, Scott, and I said, yes, yes, in Arrowhead. And I don't have this being a high scoring game. Look at this past Monday night. Yes, John agreed. This past Monday night, we thought it was we thought it was going to be a, a, a game that was going to be fairly high scoring. It wasn't. I've got this being a Giants win. 21-13. I think they're able to limit it. I think they're able to, to pull it out because they're going to ride high. And the, like I said, the wheels are falling off in Kansas City as far as I'm concerned right now. The wheels were never on for the Giants. but <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, it's time for a social media shout out. Who's been out in the chat room? I saw we hit a hundred message real early in this yeah. game, so everybody's been chatting it up. What's going on? Like uh, Limbiscuit said, keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> um, no, everything's been great. Everybody's chatting up. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, the first one was John Googs. Uh, he was the first one in Hey-o. the uh, room. See you back, John. John's been lighting up in the um, comments and all that. Appreciate hey, uh, it. Shout John. out to my boy Matt Hass and I. I haven't seen you in a while, man. Good to see you back in the chat room. Home all's well with you and the fam. Yeah, so we got Dave, Craig Zero, Jamal, Chuck, uh, Nick, Shellentel showed up tonight in Hey-o. there. Uh, Joshua, <laughs> Travis, Jacob, Troy, Engraves, um, Justin, Flock Nation, Matt Diggs, 98, yeah, 9876. I don't know if that's Trape Diggs or any of the Diggs, <laughs> but welcome to the show. Uh, GMN Stretch and Rick. So, and like I said, the chat room's been lit. They've been talking about. Um, you know what the Ravens have to do, but it's mostly what we're talking about. We got you know stick with what we have. No one's going to be walking in here, um, you know, getting a god of an offensive line left tackle at that, and a running back that can be like Marshawn Lynch just run over people. We're right. going to have to stick what we do. Do what we do best and go from there, and and hopefully the, the defense can tackle. Well, we got a smart audience. Seems like everybody <laughs> agrees that we're all on the same page with the issues at hand. So we'll see what happens. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's Liquor Stop Brew of the Week. What did Jerry and the crew hook us up with? So uh, Jerry's actually on vacation, but the crew uh, hooked us up this week. We were actually, we are trying to, we literally scoured the store for anything with like tigers or bangles on it just mm-hmm. to, to keep with the theme. But then we, I saw this one and I figured, you know what? This has multiple pieces that we can go to. This is from Flying Dog Brewing Company. This is Vicious Hook because we got a Vicious Hook from, like from, from them last week. And Fruit Punch Sour. <laughs> Marlin being sour, right? Like, it it just went bad. Very fitting. It's fitting. Uh, This was 5.3% AVB. You have them saying, uh, Flying Dog says, Vicious Hook is one of two, a one-two combo of sweet and tart and stuns you with a pucker (laughs) punch, delivering its fruit punch promise. Vicious Hook's big, juicy, tropical flavors pop, making this innovative sour that offers high pucker and low bitterness. It is not very bitter. I will give it that. That's what I was going to say. If you guys know me, you know that I don't really like the bitter beers, the sour beers. Uh, I had high expectations being a fruit punch. I'm a fruit punch guy. I'll drink a 64-ounce Kool-Aid if I have to, like my boy uh, Burke. Chrysler Take a swig there. now. Now that it's a little warmer, it actually this is where a warm beer works for you. Yeah. Now this it's is a little. It's this a little is actually pretty now. good. I like I like a lot of Flying Dog stuff. Like I I really can't name a bad beer that I've had with Flying Dog. All their Blood stuff Orange is good. Is one of my favorite. Uh, so if you like fruit punch, if you're a Kool Aid kind of guy, you know, or Hawaiian punch kind of guy. This might be a beer for you. And make sure you go up there. They got plenty of beers, plenty of stuff on sale. If if you're looking for IPAs, they can they can wet your taste buds that way. Uh I've gotten you into the the fruited sour.
sours recently. So if you're not a if you're not a big sour drinker, go up, ask him for a fruited sour. I'm some a fruity them, kind of guy. Yeah, some of them can be a little bit more uh, ex, a little bit more expensive. I, mean, I was gonna say. It. I just figured I'd throw it <laughs> out there. I knew somebody was. gonna He's say over it. there. That's his second one over there yeah. on the couch. He's, I mean, he likes it. I like beer. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, make sure you get down to the liquor stop. Tell them Birdland BS sent you. Get your 10% 1510 off. 1510 Road. All right, guys, so Ryan's not here, so we are going to go ahead and skip Shell and Tell for this week uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Terps absolutely shit the bed, uh, did not look good, <laughs> but also because Ryan and I are going to be recording a Shell and Tell podcast very soon, probably tomorrow uh, or Thursday. Uh, so for you Terp fans out there that are looking for new Terp content, be on the lookout for that. Uh, the Orioles are the Orioles. Not a whole lot to go on with that. But uh, talk about do, with them. We do have to say one thing. Said has got that Silver Slugger S- nomination. He yeah, does. He's he a does. finalist for the Silver Slugger. Which those. So that is the, the the one downfall is that next week we'll have to put out a post while we're out. Yeah. Uh, because we'll start starting November first is when they start the uh, American Baseball Writers Association starts announcing the yearly awards. The the it's going to start I believe with the Cy Young Award is what they start with on on the first um, and then they'll kind of cascade down through there i'll have to see if uh they give the family like a heads up prior to like nationally <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see see if it comes into my email okay. anyway <laughs> yeah right. you missed that you missed that engagement so i don't I know, did, I know right? you are anymore said he hides things man yeah, i had no apparently. idea just to let you know the what braves are up the braves are up two nothing thank in fucking the top god the go bravos right, go braves well let's just hit on that real quick because yeah. that was in our in our rundown mlb postseason as uh the braves take out the the Dodgers, they become the NL champs. Thank so God. Finally, great to hear. It sucked because then you also had the, you were hoping the Boston could pull it out over the Astros. Nope. Boston just shit the bed. I would have rather seen Boston the Astros. It's, it, I hate to say that, but I would have liked to have seen Boston. Nope. Fuck Boston. I'd rather, I'd rather see Boston over the Braves than Boston over the Astros this time. I'm, I'm so excited for the Braves to be in here. Like, I, I remember being a kid, right? And I, I always 90s. had I always had two teams that I rooted That's for. Obviously the Ravens yeah. and I and I or the Ravens, yeah. the Orioles, and I did pull for the Brazen the National well, it was, League. It was Chipper but, Jones. It was that, that, uh, that before rotation. Chipper. That Here's old, the thing though, Chipper. man. I feel bad. It was David Justice for them. It was David Justice for them. I feel David. bad. I, is it just me? I feel bad. Why? Nick Markakis was this fucking close. <laughs> he was one year. This close, <laughs> one year away. He wanted to retire, not like he, I he know, had to. But he man, picked. they would have kept. We them. got him that division title, and then we could never get to the you World what, Series. You know, you know what I'd do if I were the Braves right now? I'd sign him just for the, <laughs> just for that. He, you know, his ass is in shape. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he's, that's one he thing. The reason you like the Braves because when we grew up, you put it on TBS. You weren't watching. Shows. That's all you, you had. The fucking Braves. You had, every you had the night. Orioles on HTS exactly and you had the Braves on TBS. That's all you exactly had baseball wise. Uh, You're absolutely no. right. So we got we got them taking on the World Series. So real quick, who wins in how many games? Oh, don't no 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 nope. no predictions. Nope. All right, we're going to do that later. We're going to do that later. We're going to oh, do that okay. later. Okay, executive decision. So you, so you didn't read the, the rundown like we well, told you. Well, you know what? Who else comes up with questions? Because I had to come up with both of them. So, right, you know. Right. So let me let me bring back a uh, full circle. Another story. Rewind. We talked a little earlier about the Eagles. We talked about the Jets, right? There's two green teams. Well, <laughs> Jets rookie quarterback Zach Wilson went down. Uh, he's got a sprained PCL. He's going to be out for two to four weeks. I started thinking in my head, I'm like, well, who's their backup? And then I started doing the whole, 
wait, there's Flacco, but what green team is he on now? I don't even fucking know at this point, right? And I'm like, wait, man, he's in Philadelphia. Right after I thought that, boom, I swear. Like a text message comes through. The Jets are trading for Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is going to get a chance to be a starting quarterback again. Yeah, but they got Josh Johnson, too, on there. I was looking on their depth chart. They yeah. Have a, they have a shit ton of quarterbacks. That, <laughs> yeah, but well, I, I still think jo, uh, Joe Flacco they, can come in want, there and sling it around they, a they want They want a veteran there. That's that's why. The other thing here, Josh Joe Johnson Flacco is a undefeated. veteran. Yeah, Josh Johnson's been around more for a of while. a veteran. He is a veteran. Yeah, he's but old. Josh Johnson ain't got a Super Bowl under his belt either. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, listen, Josh he, Johnson doesn't have, doesn't have a winning record. He doesn't have playoffs <laughs> under his belt. Flacco was obviously in the system real recently. I know they've had a lot of coaching he changes. Still got like his jersey like hanging around. Yeah, I'm pretty closet. sure his locker <laughs> yeah. like is still there. So all they got to do is basically suit him up. I'm excited <laughs> for it. I like seeing Joe Flacco play. I still got love for five well, man. So. When, when Zach Wilson first went down with the the PCL uh, out two to four. Enter Mike White. Who? Exactly. That's why they went and got Joe Flacco, because this guy's <laughs> never started a game in his life. Right. Uh, it, it just it made sense for them. Let's it's keep there. it local, Let, man. Let's keep it local. Yeah. As uh, the Lakers, uh, this guy over Fred, Carmelo Anthony, the local tie, uh, he passes Moses Malone for ninth. There's Moses Malone. I knew his name. That's the second game <laughs> dropped today. <laughs> for ninth on the NBA all-time scoring list. Uh, as he, as they sa- he said, uh, he's still here doing it in year 19. Uh, he came into the night needing 15 points to leapfrog Malone's two th- 27,409 career total points, and he does it uh, in that game. I'm pretty sure that Lakers team pretty much – Three quarters of that roster could be like. Oh, they were. They, this would be. A, this would be a great team. Oh, benefits. This would did be a great you, team five, six years ago. Oh my god, yeah. they were kind of like our running back committee. Yeah. Did you say they were already arguing with each other? Howard and AD oh, were yeah. already arguing yeah. and shoving. It's, yeah, it's, you got a bunch of alpha males on that team. A bunch of old school alpha males, and you ain't got a coach that's going to rein it in. Exactly, exactly. That's going to be a clusterfuck, and it's going to be entertaining Mosley's, to watch. We want to keep it Mosley. Someone was talking about how about CJ Mosley coming back to Baltimore. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's just cap space wise. I don't Too think expensive. it would be able to work. Like they, I don't even know what they'd have to do to manipulate to be able to bring that contract in. So I like the move. Um, I think he gets cut next year, and then you can bring. Maybe, him maybe at that point we'll we're see. getting there, Matt. We're getting there. All right, last last Maryland related news, Baltimore related news. So I got to ask you, and this is going to separate, you know, the young from the older. <laughs> Not the young from the old. We'll just say the young from the older. But do you remember the rumor? Are you old enough out there to remember the rumor? rumor the Baltimore it. rumor? Rumor has it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm usually the one that sings, Scott, not you. Let's leave that to me. <laughs> yeah, probably. Shut up, Drew. So, I'm going to mute your ass. <laughs> if you're obviously a podcast listener, if you're watching this show, you must like podcasts of some sort, right? Two friends that have local ties to Oriole fandom, we'll just say. Guys that grew up as Oriole fans. They're my age, 39. Uh, This is not Fred, by the way. Started a podcast called The Rumor. And what they're doing is they're actually investigating into the 20, now 24-year-old rumor of the whole Cal Ripken, Kelly Ripken, Kevin Costner situation. I I do remember this. The Rumor. It's really, really good. So I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. So far, they've got like a three-minute like intro, episode, intro episode. Like a trailer almost. Exactly, like a trailer. And then they've got the first hour-long episode. 
And, you know, it's all about like the whole power outage during the Mariners and O's game when Randy Johnson was scheduled to pitch. And this was after Cal had already broken the streak. This was in 97 that this happened. Uh, yeah. But there was a lot of rumors that were swirling around that Kelly Ripken and Kevin Costner were having an affair and Cal caught them in bed together. They got a fight. They got into a fight and he never made it to the stadium. So they faked this whole power outage to keep the streak going and it was this whole thing that never got like the total national like rumor publications to it. I think social MLB, media wasn't around back then. Social media wasn't around. MLB probably kept that hush hush, hush, hush because yeah. they're just coming out of a strike at that point. Cal Ripken was kind of the saving grace in the home run three, streak. They with, were three with, years out of the strike, and I believe the CBA that CBA was set to be up in like a year and a half, two years. So they didn't want to get an out either. Right, right. So you got it. If you, if you're a podcast fan, look up the rumor and just check it out because. There are some intriguing takes and some, so far, a little bit of validity to the potential rumor. Uh, it's it's but again, conspiracy theory that makes you kind of like scratch your head and they start trying to un unravel this thing. Guys, if you haven't seen it, go listen to the trailer. It's not only is it a is it a great storyline, but very well produced. We, we take very it big, is. very, you know, strong pride in on, on the production of our show. So we know what it takes. This thing, the way that this thing is done from an audio standpoint, it's an audio only podcast. audio only. I, it, honestly, it could have been um, what's the. Uh, unsolved mysteries that, that came yeah. out on netflix it's that type of thing like i can visually see all these people talking and the, it's it's really well produced it's easy on the ears Bad. make sure you go check it out i love it that's true he said if ripkin was a yankee there would have been so much more coverage and you're 100 <laughs> right this looks like a new yeah. guy too Ben, yeah, ben. Ben, Ben's a fan. He's Truth been on uh, Twitter. It's the oh, first time I've seen him okay. on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. So appreciate you chiming appreciate in. But you, yes, man. definitely true. Uh, so again, if you haven't checked it out, Apple Podcast, the rumor, it's yeah. worth your time. Go check sure. that out, guys. Uh, the other thing that that uh, came out this week. Speaking of rumors, yeah, um, had to do up in Pittsburgh, oh, and yeah. I don't know if you guys saw this or heard this, but Mike Tomlin was asked uh, about, you know, the idea and the rumors that he had been tied to, to becoming a collegiate head coach. And, uh, well, we'll just we'll let you hear it. But he he went all in. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. All Anybody right. asking Sean Payton about that? You know? Anybody oh, shit, I didn't Andy catch Reed this part. Stuff like that. And then he just yeah. walks off. He literally just walked. I never off. caught that what's, part. I heard the great was, stuff. I was, that part. What was great was the fact that you hear the guy like, you, like we all hear, hear it in the Ravens presser. It's like yeah. anybody, any other, anybody else, anybody else. Right. And it was like, does anybody else? And then he keeps going, and it was like, oh shit, you, you're going all in on this shit. I, before we get to the good one, I got my rundown that I want to get into here. It's about <clears throat> Simmons, Ben, uh, ben Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I don't want to play because you can't make a fucking layup. That's all you can do or dunk it or pass it. You can't fucking shoot. You're in the NBA. You're getting paid wealthy enough to fucking, you know, play basketball. You're paid serious money. You know, you sign your max deal and all that. All of a sudden, you, you're, you're crying. Number one, you're in Philadelphia. You've been there since day one. They don't give a fuck about you. They're going to trash you and talk to you. You're going to have to deal with it. 
And now you're saying that you want to get traded, but you're not because you're not going to get traded for like uh, just a uh, roster spot. You're Ben Simmons, and now you're coming out with mental. You have you, you can't come back now because you have mental uh, issues right now. I'm sorry, anybody that plays the sports field, if you have mental problems with with people, you know, of of playing a sport, you shouldn't play a sport then. There's mental health that you have problems with, but you've been playing basketball and sports your whole entire life. I'm pretty sure he has talked shit on the court, but I think now that people can guard him and he can get shut down, now he's having an issue with that. And you're in Philadelphia. They're going to boot. That's the worst place yep. to be uh, uh, on a roster. And you're going to come out now after you've been on the team for five years now to say mental. I can see your first year struggling. Like they had a rookie Felton, I think that they they drafted number one, and he was he had like couldn't dribble or find the basket. And they traded him to uh, to uh, the Magic, and then he he did a little bit better. But when you're in Philadelphia, day one. If you can't handle it, you're not going to handle any years. But all of a sudden now, it's a problem that he can't mentally come back to the team. Here's the thing with this, too. And I, I agree with everything you're saying. But this started way before Ben Simmons. This started with other players that threatened the same things, that sat out and teams allowed it to happen, and then eventually gave in to the player and moved him. James Harden did the it. The players are in control of the NBA, which is the, the sad part yeah, about what the NBA has become. You have these, these superpower teams like the... Superpower teams. I'm going to put that in quotes when I say the Lakers because they were they'd be a superpower team five six years ago, as I said. Right. But when you get a guy like Ben Simmons, it seems like they're starting to become an excuse that when you fail, it's mental health. It, and, and I'm not saying that that's not the case. Maybe he does have issues. I don't. None of us. No one in this room can testify to whether he actually is going through anything or not. We don't know what anybody's going through. We know what we're going through. Maybe what each other's going through. But at the same time, it's at times. It feels like a convenience. Yeah. And this is one of those times, considering that there's nothing else going on. All right. Last one for the rundown. And <laughs> Ryan and I were actually talking about this last night, and it's kind of funny, right? Like, Tom Brady, right? We all hated the guy yeah. for, like, how 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 many years? You, you, plus. you hate the QB, the athlete. You just 20, hated him. You hated plus. the way he carried himself. You yeah, hated the, hate his, his cockiness. <laughs> I still hate him. And for no, me, I, I don't, him. though. You, I love him, dude. If you hate him after this story, he's, there's something wrong with him. He's I, I changed. No, he's changed so much in Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. He's become, to me, he's become so much more likable. Uh and, and obviously, last night. and obviously, yeah, right. <laughs> the whole like charismatic thing with the with the Eli and the Peyton thing last night on Monday Night Football, which if you didn't get to watch that, was that great. was great, and it was super entertaining, best one uh, yet. And obviously, to go down there and prove to everybody that it wasn't just Belichick that was you know this whole catalyst <laughs> of everything. He could win a Super Bowl Gooks. in his first year. Gooks, we're gonna get into that. You just wait. So, if you didn't see this, right? Again, this just talks about who the person is in Tom Brady. Uh, he had a kid in the stands that was dealing with cancer uh, that he walked over to, ended up having a conversation with him for a little while, gave during him a, the game, during the game, gave him a hat and gloves and whatnot. Uh, again, this isn't this isn't a wow story, but it, it's also a story that he didn't have to do this. And how many other players out there did he is do this, so right? loose in Tampa right now? Like he's comfortable. That's part of the reason you think he's playing so well. I saw somebody post it today. They showed a picture, and it was it was a video. And they said Tom Brady on the sideline with a backwards hat. 
Right. It's never good for the other team, <laughs> right? Because he's just that comfortable. But then, to, but then to to go over and be with this fan and, and be in that situation, and then there's the story of the 600th touchdown. Yeah, right. That I mean, just the number in itself is super impressive. 600 touchdowns, right? No other player's right. ever done it. He throws it to Mike Evans. It's super <laughs> exciting. Mike Evans has no clue what's going on yep. and goes over and does. To Tom Brady's credit, he says Evans always does this. If you watch every touchdown, I throw him. He takes and he gives the ball to somebody in the stands because it, that's what this team. That's what's different about this team, right? right. Uh, I have I have Richard Sherman in here because that was going to be something we were talking about. But it's one of those things that there's just something about this team mentality that everybody's in it not for themselves but to win it for the team, right? right. And so it, it's there. So, so for me, instantly, the minute that I realize Evans gives this ball to the fan, I go into hostage. I'm going to be this fan, and I'm not giving shit back. I better get a ransom for this, right? Because Tom Brady isn't a guy, apparently, I listened to an interview, he isn't a guy that holds on to a whole lot of pieces. Balls. No, he doesn't like have a lot of memorabilia. History and stuff. Emmett Smith was a guy that cared. I think every he has ball. every single every ball, touchdown, touchdown ball that yep. he ever had, right? Yeah. Some It's just weird how some players like that, and some players just don't really care. Well, this one meant something to Tom, right? The 600 touchdown. He wanted it back, right? So the fans and their PR team and all that, they negotiated this deal out. And I, I think the deal, like, it's cool. And I and I love the fact that the team and Tom agree to do all this, but I still think he walked out a little light on this. So it, here's, Really? I do. I think he walked out a little light. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, hold on, hold on. Yeah. He walked out. I'm going to say he walked out a little light because he lost all of his leverage the second he gave the ball up without That's what having I'm something saying. in his hand. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So if he would have cut that ball a little longer, I think he could have gotten a little Are bit more Are you going to add it in the kicker or can I, I add will, it? You can add it. I'll right. add it in the kicker. So what I heard was so far he's been promised two signed jerseys and helmet from Brady himself, a signed Mike Evan jersey and game cleats from the game, $1,000, $1,000 to the Bucks team store, which will buy you like three football jerseys. Uh, two, exactly. <laughs> two season tickets for 2021 and 2022. Now, if that's, now, that's where expensive. his tic- if that's where his tickets are in the end zone, those are that's, some expensive tickets. I agree with that. So that's a nice little thing. And then what was the kicker on? So this? the kicker we found out was actually last night. Nobody knew about this until Brady himself said it. Brady actually said during the the cast with Eli and Peyton that this guy did well. He said he even said the guy lost leverage the second he gave the ball up, but he said because the guy was was so nice about it, such a nice situation. He gave the guy one Bitcoin, or he's giving the guy one Bitcoin. Now, this for those like, of you that what, don't 60K? know, Bitcoin is over sixty thousand dollars right now. It's sixty. So. Is it sixty sixty four? It got up to sixty five. There are some pundits that are saying it's this this year it could get up to 70 and next year and beyond. Who knows what happens? I'm going to put the overall value of this deal somewhere in the neighborhood of like eighty thousand dollars all in. If you sold the memorabilia off, right, like the signed jerseys and all. So how much? Okay, so let me let me ask this: if it's if it's truly his seats. Right for two for two season tickets yeah. for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two twenty twenty two five grand and five grand. I don't think it's ten. That's seat. it. Yeah, yeah. Because my seats are two grand. That's five grand. Somebody look up the, well, the it's the, five the cost. Grand. It's it's about five okay. grand. So again, this is all estimated. I would say total value. This is eighty. I saw my boy Matt chime in. He said five hundred thousand is what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm going higher. And I I think five hundred thousand is probably <laughs> a good asking point and would absolutely be a drop in the bucket for a guy like but, Tom Brady, right? I, 
I'm not. I'm not hating well, on the situation. Apparently, giving him and an NFT on this. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what this guy's financial situation was, so the money might not mean anything to him. I'm just saying, if it were me in that guy's shoes, well, I want every little I, bit. If I, I have get. plenty of money, I'm not asking for season tickets. But the thing is, what would be cool is. True. If the one of the signed jerseys is the one that he wore the in that game, game that he signs it, 600. That's going jersey. to the Hall of Fame. I would think that's going to the Hall the of Fame. The ball's not going to the Hall that of Fame. The ball's not going to the Hall of Fame because it's going yeah. to my they, living they, room. They don't, they don't need that, but <laughs> I would say it back. I want the jersey from today's game. Right. Ah, so, that would be so different. Here, here's he the didn't deal. say that, but that would be different. And it was an interesting take. Well, he's getting two jerseys, so I'm wondering why you need two, was it one? No, he's getting Patriot. three jerseys. He's getting two from Brady no, and no, one I, from I, Evans. I know that, oh, okay. but I'm saying about Tom Brady. He's getting two of them. What do you want? Ronald, Jones, Ronald Jones asked him, hey, can you take my jersey? So here's the, here's the one thing about this that I, that I think is was interesting. Interesting take from Colin Coward on, on uh, Monday was the fact that he said, look, this obviously means something to Tom. If, if you've got money... There's no reason to hold this thing hostage. Right. Right. This this is going to mean more to him than it does to you. And the value, yeah, you can drive it up, but do you drive it up to the point that it's, you you actually can drive it down? Right? Because the value, I, I, I get it. Well, to me, it does mean more to the player than it does the, the fan. It's more valuable. Sentimentally, absolutely. Correct. But cash value, but that pa- ball is Pey- worth a good bit. But Peyton said last night, and I believe it, he can get 700 touchdowns. He might. Oh, yeah. He might. If he continues to play at the level he's playing at, that's what, two, three more years? With the most. He values the ball, too. Right. We'll see what happens. No rules. No boundaries. Two topics. 30 seconds each. It's time for the two minute warning. I should have put that shit on James. He was like mouthing every word over there. <laughs> We've Woo. heard it a couple times. I know, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Time for the two-minute warning. Who's reading tonight's questions? I got him. Right, Drew's, Drew's got, got him tonight. Up with him. All right, man. All right. All right we'll circle back to the World Series. Who do you have winning it all and how many games? <laughs> all right. Um, so for me, I've got the Braves winning this. Um, I would like to see them win it in a sweep. Just to freaking prove the Astros didn't deserve to be there, and they did. Um, but at the same time, I think that the Astros are going to be able to pull at least one game out. So I'll say they're going to pull it out in six, four and two, four two, in in favor of the Braves. I think the Astros at least cheat their way to two wins. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this at least goes six games. I'm going to go game seven. Ooh, I'm going to go down. Okay. To the, I'm going to go to the dramatics, right? I think it goes seven games, and I think everybody in this room is happy. I think the Braves end up winning this series. Uh, Freddie Freeman uh, does something crazy in this series. All right. I'm not saying in the seventh game, but something big yeah. in this series. Top of the third, series. three, nothing Braves. Nice. If, one, right. if, if one player, if you pick one player in the NFL currently to be the villain or monster in the, in the horror movie, who would you pick? Uh-huh. <laughs> Miles Garrity coming at you with a knife or a helmet oh, or man. a helmet <laughs> or a helmet just, with knives. We're just looking at you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I would say it's, yeah, I would say Miles at this point, Miles Garrett or God TJ Watt would be a little bit scary coming at you and just yeah. being aggressive as shit. I got two. So I think the one that I would probably fear the most 
Aaron Donald. Like that dude is an absolute monster, and he would be like freaking uh, what's that big rock guy in in the uh, the Juggernaut or whatever? He would look like the Juggernaut, just ginormous, right? The other guy, Rocksteady. This guy could literally go play the role right now. Josh Bynes as the Predator. Have you seen his hair and the forehead on that guy? He's, I mean, I got a big forehead. That is nine. That is a huge, huge head. John, John Gook says Aaron Donald or, or Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. That's another one. Guy, I would not want to meet him in an alley. That is for damn sure. No. All right, Scott. Good show, guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in as always. Again, we will not be back next week. We are taking a bye along with the team, uh, but we will announce on social media where we're going in case anybody wants to come out, have a drink, and meet up. Yeah, so we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. Obviously, you can check out the show on all the social media pages, but you can also check out our website www.birdlandbs.com while you're there check out as long all the as I'm episodes. not as ugly as you Matt that's all that matters <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ uh, you can check out all the episodes get the latest episode of the Shell and Tell podcast which will be coming out uh, you can also get yourself some Birdland BS gear sport it wherever you're going I do I know I'm taking some stuff to Florida when I go uh, which it will be for me in two weeks so this will be the last show you guys will see me until I get back from Florida uh, as we will be taking that by next week Make sure you check us out on all the social media pages. Like, follow, subscribe, and share while you're there. Uh, we're continuing to grow our YouTube page. So I know we got a lot of people that have been watching on YouTube. Help us share that on all your social media pages. Um, Twitter's been a pain in the ass because I can't show little clips anymore. So we're going to get back to the little clips uh, that you guys can look at and be able to, you're or starting from cer certain segments. Uh, so those will be coming and, and pointing you in the direction of YouTube. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Also, make sure you check us out individually on all the social media platforms and make sure you like us and follow follow each of us while you're there. And then, obviously, you can always check us out, Birdland Sports and BigPlay.com. Amen. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. For Fred, myself, producer James this week, who did a great job. Good job, James. Casting Couch Drew, who will be over here, I'm sure, while I'm gone at some point. And Ryan, who's... <laughs> taking care of the kiddos tonight. We'll see you guys in three or two weeks. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>